We are back with the Running Lifestyle Culture podcast. Another week, another guest. You know how we do. I'm really, really looking forward to talking to this man. Um, so, you know what? Let's just intro. Piers, how you doing, my guy? Hey, Manny, 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 my guy. I'm all good, my bro. I'm all good. I'm all good. Thank good you for stuff. Um, so, for the listeners, as I said to you, um, I allow the guests to intro themselves. So, Piers, tell us about you. Wait, where should I start? <laughs> how, how long have you got? Uh, my Stevie is a bit is a bit of a mad one. <laughs> Let, let's just let's just do the let's just do the whole thing. The whole thing is just you, your CV. Let's just. <laughs> what? Listen, it's crazy. Um, where where do I begin? I'm. I used to play rugby, then. I became a teacher, so I've been uh, a teacher for the last five years, well, four years, we've on to five years now. Recently picked up the running bug, which has literally changed my life crazy from what I was to where I am now. It's, yeah, it's been literally a full 180 turn. So, um, and yeah, I'm just literally, I'm just, I'm down with whatever I'm very easygoing I like to I like to just bring the vibes if anyone knows me just knows that wherever I am there's vibes coming. <laughs> if not there already it's coming so, my guy yeah man nice nice all right so tell us about this rugby man tell us I, you know I was talking about rugby on the last episode and I used to play a little little bit when I was at school but you were playing quite recently no yeah man so the rugby journey for me is such a crazy one. Started when I was 10 years old. I watched the World Cup final, 2003, literally flicking through the channels, flicking, flicking. I didn't know, I didn't know what rugby was. I was flicking through the channels. Um, I remember just seeing the England flag. And I was like, oh, what, England? And then I didn't know what was going on in the game. Just had to see people just getting smashed, left, left right, center. I was just hooked and obviously went to extra time. Johnny Wilkinson hit the drop goal and England won. And I just saw the celebration. I was like, yeah, I need to be part of this. Luckily for me, my secondary school that I went to was very rugby focused. Whereas my primary school, literally, I went to like the worst primary school in Peckham. Like, it was awful. So we didn't have no like sport, no nothing. It was literally mm. just like playtime's tickable. <laughs> P lessons was tickable, stop making noise. Yeah, yeah. So to go to secondary school that literally focused on sports especially rugby what I saw on TV I just that was my passion so I've been playing since I was 10 years old um, went to say second school when I was 11 years old picked up there and just really ran with it I didn't take it too seriously up until I finished uni came out of uni and my uni coach had a had a team and asked me to come down it was decent it would pay for like petrol a bit of a match fee as well to look after me, which is great. And then, but just the coaching I got from there really did like push me on. Um, and then, yeah, literally very, very grateful for the opportunities I have had. Managed to go to a decent team, played at a high standard, and just literally the coaching that I got, the players that I met, the like I've got quite a few like close friends that I've taken from from that environment. And yes, I've stopped playing literally last season so obviously covid cancelled the season and i think i just called it a day then i was like you know what? i'm reaching near 30 i've pretty much been unscathed when it comes to the injury so i think it's a perfect time to 
just to tip my hat off and say thank you, but I'm out. Yeah. So, but yeah, so coming from a rugby background, but you... we were just so much focused on like gym, eating, size. There was no, no, there was no like, there was endurance 100%, but there was no like running endurance. There was no like running for 10K. There was no running for 10 miles. It was literally just how fast can you run? How heavy can you lift? How hard can you hit? Perfect. And then if you couldn't eat more, lift more, hit harder. So it's literally, two, it's two crazy different sports, two crazy different lifestyles, two crazy different environments. But I mean, I enjoyed them both and I enjoyed my time playing rugby and I'm enjoying my time now. Nice. And and just, you know, you, you said that you, you, you've you been playing, but you, you played at quite a high standard. Yeah, yeah, obviously... For me, it was it was great. So it was, um, I played for a team that played in National One. So it goes like Premiership, Championship, then National One. So you so were the third, again, was, the third highest I was, I was, league. I was boy. Yeah, yeah. So again, but again, I was literally like the sub, the guy with the, like holding the bags. It wasn't. I wasn't the poster boy. I wasn't the number one star, but. Again, to be in that environment, to get a bit of game time, to be amongst the players and the coaching, like I was just yeah, very very blessed. And then I left that club um, at the start of last season, and then I went down a couple more leagues. I went down to National Free sides, um, still quite decent standards, still semi semi professional where we train a couple times a week, still hitting the gym, um, playing decent teams up and down the country. Uh, so yeah, it was a good standard. It was good. Like I said, um, something I'm immensely proud of. Again, obviously, you would have loved to play as the highest possible, but to get there and to to be in that environment is I was more than more than happy. Yeah, that's incredible. And and when I met you, you were um, I think you'd come from a from a game and you were you you were a little beaten up. You were saying you'd cover a game and 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 I met you and we were doing the Nike uh project fearless which basically is uh, a project where I was the coach and you were one of the runners and we were trying to help you get to um your first ever marathon yeah um and that's the reason why I have invited you to this to, to this episode and I guess like what what made you want to do a marathon I mean you're playing rugby at national three level you know um and 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 what made you, what motivated you to think, okay, I'm going to run 26.2 miles when I've got this size, I've got this, I've got this like strength, all these things. You're like, oh yeah, I'll just run 26.2. What made you think I'm going to do that? It's, a, it's, it's always been on the bucket list. It really has. Like from, from when I was a kid, when the marathon day would, obviously I'm from South East London myself, so the marathon day in South East would always be like a, a big day. Like when you go to school, everyone would be like, oh, did you go down? Like I remember when I was like 12, 13, I think like year, year eight or so, a couple of my friends around the area, we jumped on our little push bikes, went down to cheer them on and just to literally, just like, it was, it's like, it's a big thing. Yeah. I've always said, I was like, no, one day that's going to be me running, one day. And then obviously I've been, when I turned 18, I started applying so you know you, you apply you, you you gotta be in it to to have a go but since 18 i've been applying not th- really thinking i'm gonna get it but just like oh i try yeah. yeah i'm trying i'm trying not really thinking that you you're gonna you, you know what i mean and then a close family friend of ours she's an absolute beast that does 
Ironmans, um, Conrad's done literally just like ultra, no, is it um, like an ultra Ironman, like the extreme Ironman? Yeah, one. yeah. So there's Ironman, and then there's like a, another one above it, and then there's like a Conrad's one. Okay. Like beast, beast, beast. And like, I've helped her out. I say helped her out, but I've gone out to support her a couple of times. She's been out to Switzerland. We went to Austria, and literally I'm just like there supporting her. Like when she does her like her, her marathon run at the end, I'll run like a bit with her just to keep her going. But just that environment always, it was thrived in it. The fans, the cheering, everyone supporting each other. We don't know, no one knows each other. No one knows anyone, but you're still cheering them on. And, you're, and it was just something I always wanted to do. Obviously, I'm not trying to do an Ironman or nothing like that. <laughs> I know, but just disclaimer, I'm, I'm not about that life right now. I'm not about that life. But I just thought, you know what? a marathon would be perfect but like, I've always wanted to do it why not and then I was very fortunate I applied for last year and then I only when you do the charities I only apply for a couple of charities mm-hmm. I don't just click all the charities I only do charities that actually have a bit of meaning towards me and then there was one charity that I know one lady at my old when I at one of my old schools a parent she actively worked for the charity a lot it's an amazing charity and obviously I always click there and then I was very fortunate that they contacted me and allowed we have a space for you if, if you want it. So I was like, oh, like, oh, like. This is real. So I'm like, you know what? Boom. I'm, I'm going to try it. I'm, I'm going to try it. And like I said, I've got, I've, I've known quite a few people who have done a marathon before. So I just thought, you know what? Like, you know, you don't really deep it how peak and far it is, like come on, it's a it's little it's a calm little run around London. Calm, 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 calm. Minor, it's minor, it's minor. Uh, and you start running, and you're running for like two hours, and then all you hear is one mile down. Literally, so that was it. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what? So that's amazing. So you 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 were inspired by watching the marathon and. Like when you were watching the marathon, did you see people like that that you knew running it? Only for I think the last two years. No, actually, I lied. For the last four years, so our family friend, I she's my sister's close uh, one. One of my sister's close friends. So I would like I watched her do the marathon, and then we I went to support her in New York to do the New York Marathon and then um, Austria to do the Ironman and then, no, Switzerland to do Ironman, sorry, and then Austria to do the Ultra one. So that was the only time I've actually gone and I've seen someone there. Other than that, it was just when I was a kid, just random people, literally just... Because I... Yeah, yeah, I find that quite interesting because obviously, like, from my perspective, I saw um, certain people running marathons on Instagram, so I was lucky enough to have that. Um, but I'm not sure I would be would have been running marathons if I hadn't seen certain people. So I'm always quite interested to know how people get motivated to run a marathon because, yeah, you know, someone like Mo Farah, he's so far away. It's like that guy's just running marathons and mm. and Kipchoge, he's like he's living in in the middle of nowhere, not working, just just running (laughs) so it's like where like where do you find the where does it click you know and i think for people from from southeast london now 
when you run London, hopefully you will run it, and they see you, and you've got those young boys who are going to see you, mm. they'll be motivated. So I've always said that. I said, like, now I've started running. When I run through South East London, I do see those young young men, young black men specifically, and they're like, wow, like, you're you're running the marathon. And they just think, I'm from... I'm from their area. I'm from their neck of the woods. So that's, for me, that's always a big motivation. And I don't know if now that's a motivation for you, would you say? No, a hundred. Because even, like, I, I'm at old school. So I've just recently changed schools in September. But obviously I was planning to do the marathon in um, April 2020. So on the previous school term, uh, school year, sorry. So my old school, which was in a very tough part of Southeast, again, is very, very, the majority of the kids there were from a black background or such. So when obviously I would do assemblies on what the marathon was to do some fundraising and get the school kind of involved in a fun run around the area and stuff like that, a lot of the questions were like, well, why are you running for Mr. J? Like, now you're too hench to be running. <laughs> So it was literally like opening their eyes as yeah. well. Like, nah, obviously, I can do that as well. It's not just I'm not just I'm not just a rugby player. Yeah. Especially with the kids, like we're not just obviously in our school. We're big, big on football as well. Like I'm not just a football player. I'm not just yeah. a rugby player. Yeah, I'm an athlete. Like, yeah, it's not. I'm not just. I I'm, I don't just fit into one box. And as a human, sport like forgetting about sport as a human, we don't just fit into one box. We don't yeah. just fit oh because of our background we can only do this or because of my colour of the skin, I can only, only do this. I can do whatever I want. If I yeah. put my mind to it and I train and I work hard, I can put I can do anything. So that definitely opened my, my eyes when I started to have those conversations in the playground and to parents as well. I had a lot of parents in the area who was like, Oh, why are you running for? What like what, what, like why? Like what yeah. this for? Yeah. So it's kind of just opening their eyes as well because again for them, I don't think they had any have had ever seen it before. Whereas me, I was just in my little zone, and once I get my head around something, I'm doing it. Yeah. There's no like two. If I'm, if it's on my list, by hook or by crook, yeah, it's getting ticked off. Yeah. Right. It will <laughs> get done. I'm not, it might not get done straight away, but yeah. it will get done. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's just how I work personally. But I've definitely been exposed, and I've definitely had an eye-opening experience over the last year as to what how I've influenced other children and other people, and even friends. Like the amount of friends I've got on to running over the last year it's been ridiculous yeah and definitely. one of my closest boys he was trying to lose weight for ages <clears throat> and he was like he plays American football like he's one of my closest boys and he'll be honest with himself he always wanted to lose weight but he never really worked to lose weight and then I got him on running and he he was like oh, if if Marley can do it if Piers can do it I can do it as well yeah like I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep pushing. I'm gonna keep pushing, and he's smashing it. He's literally lost like 25 kg. Wow. Trimmed down, he's healthier, he's fitter, he's perfect. And it's just that's a that's a perfect example where I'm not saying I'm the reason why he, he's he lost the weight. You wouldn't want to lose the weight, but if I could have just, I just kind of put him in the right direction or kind of just show that no, running's a fantastic tool to to use. Yeah. To get healthier, to lose weight, and stuff. So. Like um yeah, it has been an eye-opening experience as to what I've have done and what I'm doing can affect other people. Definitely, and you know, you're. I founded London Select because I felt like it was important to have um, a group and organisation where the minority is the majority. And one of the things that I really like to say is that London Select tries to change the uh, 
the narrative through like cultural expression. So you're trying to change like the physical narrative around running in minority groups and in black communities. And you try and change that through like cultural expression because like if your friend looks at you, he knows you, he knows where you're from, he knows who you are, he knows you on a deeper level in terms of you've been friends for so long. And he can kind of follow that, right? And that changes that narrative for him and changes what running means to him. Hundred. Um, and that's why I feel like London Select's really important. That's why I'm glad that you're part of the group and you are just, you know, you're there I'm being like, the vibe man and helping Come me out on. with it. And um, it's nah, been it's been nah, great. I think London Select for me as well was such a fantastic tool and a fantastic group that you could. It's not just about the running. It was literally for like to feel like safe and to feel welcomed, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I feel like, especially for the black community, uh, for the black community, sorry, in certain aspects, we like me personally, I find it hard to feel welcomed in certain environments. It takes me a long time to feel like, oh, I, sh- I can, I should be doing this. It's not that I can, yeah. I always think I can, yeah. I can do anything. Yeah. It's like, right, should I be doing this or should I be here? Yeah. Is it safe for me or yeah. am I, am I, whereas London Select was such, from day one, when we met, everyone was just literally like we just all had the same common goal. That all we were here for the same purpose. There was no, oh, you're you're coming from this side or you're this size or yeah. you're this or you're that. It was everyone was just there for the common approach. Just and I feel like that's so needed. And it's weird, but obviously for us being black males, we know that it's needed. But what I'm trying to do, I'm. I'm been trying to do for a long time is for other because other groups they don't understand that and they find it hard to be like oh why is it only why is it why is it why is it yeah. just for the blacks why do why is it always what about black people why is it all about yeah because there's so it's been built in our society that we shouldn't have these sort of groups and we shouldn't be doing certain things so we need to break that and really set reset the the picture so that we, everyone can feel that they do belong and they do, they should be able to, and there is a, a safe space for everyone to do whatever they want. So, uh, big up yourself, Manny, London Slips for the blood clout world. <laughs> <laughs> but but on, an, on another note, my, my other thing, I think this is the last thing we'll say, like, and, and I think we, we should move on, but the other thing is, is the intimidation that sometimes felt when you do collect together as black men. Black men collecting together is not seen as something positive. So everybody out there, when you're thinking oh, about, why is that though? But that's the that's but that's not that's not a question right. for us to answer. This right. is not this is not a question for us to answer. As two black men who are, are, stri- are striving to, um, you know, you as a teacher and myself as a physiotherapist, and with the organisations that we are trying to push forward and things that we're trying to do, I don't think that's my question to answer. It's for the world to understand. This is the way you guys have made us feel like we do not feel okay to be together. It's almost, you know, we look at this thing of, of, of black and black crime in London. But then if you see a group of black men together or black boys together, they can't be just seen as black boys together. They've got to be causing trouble. The amount of times I've been told that you guys can't collect together and it's been black men, even in the workplace, <laughs> I started working with a black man and we're two black men and we got told we had to be split up. And this is in late stage of my of my adulthood. 
Um, so this isn't a question for us. This is something yeah. for people to think about outside the podcast. Let's get back to the marathon, my brother. Yeah, let's get it. Let's you get know? it. Let's get it. So you turn up to the Nike store. <laughs> you're like bad and bruised. You're like bad and bruised. I've been playing rugby. Right. So what's your what's your training strategy, my friend? What is what what were your what were your thoughts about like? So we were there. We were telling you we're going to take you out on these runs before you came to that evening where we met. What was your training strategy before that? Like twenty minutes before training, I'll do a couple of laps around the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> no word of a lie, I'll be deadly serious. Like the coach, like I'll get the training starts at seven. So this is rugby training, yeah. So for rugby people, training, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry. So I would rock up to the ground by like six twenty. Quickly change into my rugby gear, get my boots on, and let you run around the whole. Playing <laughs> like just laps and laps and laps like for 20 half hour i'll probably do in that time 5k if that maybe so like depending on but it'll roughly about 5k but it'll be like up hills down hills in mud like in the bushes you're like you're a real one there i'm trying to like i'm trying <laughs> to sidestep the foxes like rah like that was i literally was doing that for two months prior to yeah, prior to signing up. Okay, and then how was um, how was training how was training going? Reasons. Wait, could you say that again, please? How how was training going? Like you know, like you were doing that. Were you feeling confident? Were you trying to? Were you like when you were nah. doing that type of? <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, because again, another thing with rugby, I was getting battered and bruised. But like I was I picked up a um, a toe injury in September where like one of the I'm not I can't remember what it was actually called but one of the muscles in my big toe was just given out so I couldn't actually press I couldn't actually like step off my foot a lot Mm. so before games I was like taking painkillers and having to like tape this sort of like foam padding around my big toe to kind of like take away the pain yeah and just once I get a couple hits in me I can't feel anything if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The so adrenaline. That was my training. So literally, before on the Tuesday nights, where I'll be training the Thursday nights, I'll be in the treatment room getting like my my foot massaged out, um, doing a bit of like strengthening work, and then because of my toe, then my ankle started to play up. So yeah. I was getting really bad ankles, and then my knees were flaring up um, from like the ground being too tough and too hard at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So man, it was just a combination of like just injuries. I was being held by tape. Yeah. By painkillers. And then I had to go running before to try to <laughs> do a bit of training and yeah. running afterwards. It was just, yeah, it was a nightmare, man. It, it really was. But again, that's just my mindset. It didn't, I was like, right, I'm still going to do it. Yeah. I'm just literally just going to, yeah. So for anyone out there, like they're going to start doing their first training cycle. What did you learn from your, your training? Like in the beginning, in the early days, what would you say? The things that you would tell somebody, imagine it was, imagine it's you in that time. You can go back in time and tell yourself something. What would you tell yourself? Seek help. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Seek help. Yeah. Anything else? Seek help. Get a plan. Yeah. Talk to someone who who knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Been there, done that, got the t shirt, yeah. got the med pill, yeah. and just get a plan. Another thing I would say um doing speed work. Yeah. I think that was 
when I properly started to train for the marathon where my mind was just on marathon training, I picked up doing speed work and doing doing my drills and stuff like that. And I could really feel that difference yeah. in the trip. Whereas in my head, I was like, why am I doing speed work if I'm running 26 miles? <laughs> Literally, Manny, that was my full process. Like, bro, who's, who's doing... Who's doing five by two hundred? Like, you right now? Man, trying to be Mo Farah. Like, no. <laughs> that was my whole process. So I'm I like, love that. I'm not going to be doing a speed work. But then, when I properly focused on it, and I and I spoke to like yourself, I spoke to Courtney, and Courtney was like very big. Obviously, he was a previous um, sprinter as well. Yeah. So he was like, he was in every session we had, he was bigging up the speed work. Like, speed work is important. And I was doing a bit of like back. Um, uh, some homework behind the scenes story yeah and I was reading about it I was like oh no speed work really is important it really yeah. is and when I started to do it I felt a shift honest mm. to God I'm not even just saying that I felt a shift in how my body was reacting to my endurance runs to my, my long runs yeah to, to everything I was like oh wow like it really does work because yeah. I think speed work do not neglect the speed work it's very very important nice man and, and you so COVID hit you know, you're supposed to do the marathon in April. You gone and done the marathon, bruv. You gone and done the marathon and it's been it's being rescheduled and man's doing the marathon anyway. That's when you know you're a real one. Listen, I was like, this is the guy. Listen, I'm I'm tapped in the head. That's what I'm saying. I'm tapped, bro. For those for those of you don't who don't know, tapped means a bit mad. <laughs> disclaimers there, you know? Yeah, you got you gotta put it you gotta put it in there. Um so so what made you do it on the twenty sixth? Like what like what motivated you? Because I think I, I was very respectful. I was like when you when I saw the numbers and I was like, Okay, okay. Cause I think my first marathon, like, the motivation was there, but you know, I was like, twenty six miles is it's a long way and um, what what like how did you how did you talk talk us through like anybody at home how do you motivate yourself i know you said like you got this mindset but like what's that deep inside that makes you think no matter what i'm gonna finish this it's honestly i'm not sure if it's strong-willed or i'm just so stubborn mm. like it's a thin it's a thin line <laughs> but i spoke to i spoke to my boys in the group chat the night before, so it's maybe about four o'clock before the the day of the when it was supposed to be. Sorry, and I was chat, I was I was chatting with them. And I was like, man, then I might run a marathon tomorrow. You know, I thought I might just, you know what, yolo and just do it. <laughs> and then man, them be man, them big man, you got this lightweight. Man. <laughs> Nine, big man, you got this, fam. So obviously the man then gassed me up in it. Yeah, like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah, yeah, lightweight. And another, and to be fair though, a big, big thing was because I was fundraising for a charity and I got so much money raised from my school. And again, my school's from like a very, very tough area in London, like Penge, Southeast London. A lot of the families come from like, a lot of the families there are like pupil premium kids. So a lot of free school meal kids and such, but they raised so much money for me. Like they like was going out, they were literally getting them there on their block, getting their neighbors to like donate little two pounds, three pounds for them to do their fun run that ultimately went to me to give to my charity. So I honestly felt rah, like those kids 
went out hard for me. So, um, you know what? The least I can do is do my thing as well. Like, I can go out and show them, nah, you work, you train for something, you work for something, you can do it. So another thing was literally, I think, was that was one of my big focuses. That was the reason why I said in the group chat, I'm thinking of running the marathon. So with that in my mind, and then the man them being the man them, and like, oh, brother, you got this from Lightwork, Lightwork. Yeah, yeah. It was like, you know what? So two things, two things there for me that come out is obviously like, I know and I've read some research around motivation is a lot of the time, it's not you. You're doing it for somebody else. So for me, I, I think mm. you did it for them kids and that's a big thing. And also motivation is about the support network. So you'll man them, the boys, mm. the boys got you through there because you were like, if they think I can do it, I can do it. And you know, Literally. it's, you know, it's that, that, that when, when you're, when, pe- when people believe in you and who truly know you, you know, you can do anything. So people at home, find your support network and find your reason why. That's the biggest, these are two biggest things, I think. It's needed, man. It's so needed. It's so, because that's another thing. When I was running and I hit, I was hitting money, the amount of walls I hit, oh, it's long. It's long. In the first one. I wanted, I wanted to, there were so many times where my body was just saying, stop. Mm. It's big man, you ain't got it in you. Yeah. But I was like, nah. Like I told the man them, I told her, I said I was, I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm, I haven't come this way. I haven't left my house during lockdown where you, hopefully, obviously, passed. But you're supposed to be only out your house for an hour. At them times, man was out there for <laughs> time. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I'm a key worker. <laughs> I was on my way to school. Uh, we're just gonna have to uh, move on from that. Yeah. So yeah, you, you big, bigger, bigger, unbelievable. Run a marathon, boom, boom, bigger. And yeah, hitting the wall. What do you do with that? What do you like? How do you? How do you like? How do you navigate that? I think to be fair, I was in a, a good position because I've hit the wall many times. Like through preseason in rugby, you hit you hit the wall. Like the SNC coaches put you through like hell. Like you're doing intense. In, yeah, it's crazy. Do you know, see those preseasons, especially the last two, three years, I've had really tough preseasons where. I've made sure that I've done my extras. I've done my work in the gym. I've done like a pre preseason. Mm-hmm. So when I'm so I'm ready for the preseason. So I've been I've been in those tricky situations where I have to I need to be headstrong. I need to be mentally strong. So I'm always been in a good position when I do come in those situations to kind of push through because I've had that previous experience. So if somebody's new and they haven't had it. What do you? How do you like? What would you say to them? I think you just have to be, firstly, be true to yourself. If you know that if you're going to put yourself through harm or you're going to do some lasting, a lasting effect, which isn't going to be, which is going to impact you, then you just have to like, you know, you can put your hands up. But if you know, it's a fine line between pain and discomfort. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. I was in discomfort, but I wasn't in pain. Yeah. And I think it's just, you need to know those two lines. If anyone, like, again, my advice would be to anyone who's doing the marathon, it will be a little bit uncomfortable at times. But is that, if are you, is it discomfort or is it pain? Is it a lasting injury? Is it a lasting pain that, you know, hang on a minute, something's not right? Or are you, are you just working? Are yeah. you just really, is your body just really, really getting going? And I feel like just, knowing that you can't just keep give up or you, you're not going to give up at the first sign of any sort of 
discomfort or this or a small little hurdle that's that's going to be a big task and but that comes in the trainers as well because so, i feel like if you put the time in the training you've done your long runs you've done your 25k you, you've done your 26k then you've done the 30k you've done the 32k you kind of you, you you you're learning a lot about yourself during those long runs so I like I that. That's another thing we go back to: trusting the plan and sticking to the to, to the plan. Yeah, and, pra- and big, pra- big I thing. guess I guess practice going through through some of that discomfort that you've discussed, right? Like if you practice going exactly. through the discomfort in training, then it should be something. Hopefully, that's exactly. not new to you. Exactly. Nice man. All right, so you do the first marathon, twenty sixth of April, twenty twenty. Now you're coming up to 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 the summer, and like you know, the second marathon is. Uh, in October, um, how are you feeling? What did you do? Did you do what did you do differently? I I kept to the plan. Nike Run Club, big yourself up. That's you what go. I'm saying. <laughs> Literally, I stuck to that plan like there was no tomorrow. Yeah. To the point where I did the speed runs, the. Um, the oh, I forgot what it was called the fifteen minute one the where you it oh. was it I did tempo tempo or interval or I did oh there was another one where it take it like you just sprint for like one minute yeah and it, it I'm not I can't remember what that one but I've done the tempo runs yeah speed work endurance runs yeah. long runs yeah then um the training club apps as well strengthening NTC yeah yeah cool I got back into I got obviously the gyms were closed, but I'm quite fortunate that I've got weights at home. Yeah, I got back into doing like strengthening work, um, single leg exercises. Nice. I just, I just was just on running. There was no rugby. Rugby was cancelled. Yeah, the season was cancelled. There was no running, so I literally just committed myself to running. Wicked, wicked. And race day, talk us through it. What happened? So we got no fans, nothing. You were just in your house. What's happening? So I woke up, I was up, my head was, I'm going to leave the house at 7am. So I woke up about 6.15, so I w- went to bed, sorry, I went to bed early, went to bed about 9 o'clock. Yeah. For turn the phone on, do not disturb. I said, man them, <laughs> I'll start you guys later. Um, went to bed, woke up at 6, went to the bathroom, got cleaned up, went downstairs, had some porridge, had some toast, had a coffee, stretched out. But the whole time, I felt like it was a game day. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like I had this buzz, like I had a big cup game. And I only get that feeling. I've never had a feeling before when I've gone on any run. Yeah. I've only get that feeling for a big cup, for a big match where I know it's game time. Yeah. And I had that, I just had that buzz. I yeah. was like, why? And I think I even messaged you the night before. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Like, I've got a buzz, you know? <laughs> like it's game, like it's crazy, it's crazy. Yeah. So I got ready left the house I think I left the house at about I think six minutes past seven yeah. and then it was bucketing down bucketing down and I just smiled and I literally I said to myself it is what it is it is what, what it up. is <laughs> start on the Apple Watch and kept it moving nice as that. wicked and and like we talked about so just for people who are going to do a marathon maybe and, and there's no marathon uh, course we talked about the route and you planned your route beforehand, didn't you? Which was yeah, good. Yeah, so the, I, think, I think the week before, I, I always had a plan of a route to, to go. I think I remember speaking to you, I think the week before, 
and then we were just kind of fine-tuning it together. Yeah. So I think you should run this way or yeah. run here because it, it'll be a lot of, it'll be easier for you to run there and it's not going to be traffic or so. Um, so yeah, I had my route planned. I sent it out to a few people. I'm so, so, so fortunate that I've got such real ones in my life that supported me. So I think I got up to 15, uh, 15K and then from 15K, I had someone yeah. Even if they ran like 2K with me or 5K, someone was with me from 15K till I finished. And even if, like I said, pouring rain, some people literally just left their house because I was running past the house. They left the house, literally ran with me around the block and then left me. Like, yeah. It was just those small things. Yeah. And it was just literally like, again, it just raised your spirits when, like I said, it's like a full-on storm. Yeah, The wind's cutting, the rain's pouring heavy. It was dark, but again, I had like I had just those small little glimpses of people that I knew and were close to me nice. to, to, to actually support, which was amazing. Um, got up to got up to London Bridge, then met a couple couple more people. Big up Amber, big up yourself, big up Quinn, my amazing TA at my old school. Like nice. my mom right now. Yeah. She ran 10k with me, so from Vauxhall up until Victoria, she ran with me. She's literally like, I'm not gonna say her age because she's very touchy <laughs> on the age. She don't want people to know the age, but let's just say old enough to be my mum, and yeah. she was there supporting as well. So it's just those, like, because having those small people that a little close circle. I'm not, I'm not saying that everyone who's gonna do the marathon needs to have someone to run with them. But it's just to seeing those friendly faces when your legs are heavy, it's pouring down the rain, but you're still smiling. I think that goes a long, long way as well. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing I think that that helped you really was having that water supply, like because there's no water, there's no tables. So basically, you were just having somebody provide you with water, uh, big up amber. So like people at home, you need to think about Real these one. things. Yeah, you need to think about these things hundred um, percent. And yeah, so Amber and I were with you in the rain and you what happened near the end? So you had like about two miles to go. What was happening to your body? Body was shutting down. Body was like, mm-mm, no, <laughs> no more. <laughs> so I was there giving you gels, giving you water. This dude, it was, it was so mad as well. Because I remember the gels, like, I couldn't swallow them anymore yeah like i physically couldn't like my body was like mm-mm, mm-mm. yeah like, I, it can't take no more to the point where like i was just putting them in my mouth like swishing it around and then spitting it out and yeah. then like spitting it out yeah. just trying to get something but the last two miles like yeah oh. and guys I that remember, that works by the way so if you put so the gel in your mouth and spit it out that will give you the same effect as having sw- swallowing it so that that actually works. The science shows it works. Yeah, yeah, hundred, hundred. I wasn't just putting it in my mouth for bands like. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it was tough. Though. I think that was that was a really tough time. But at the same time, I knew I hadn't got that far to go to, yeah. to tap out. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like as soon as soon as I got, and to be fair, as soon as I left the house, I knew I was gonna finish it. Mm. But getting up to that point, getting up to like I said, 20, 23, 24 miles in, it was just literally just, the, and 
the willpower was there. Like, yeah. just come on, like, let's get, just keep moving. Don't stop, just keep moving. And even if you do have this to stretch off, we go again, like, deep breath, we, we go again. Take your time, head. And as you, you, you were saying as well, I was very fortunate to have you because you were giving me those fantastic coaching points, like, head up, shoulders back, keep yeah. breathing. And it was just those things there, like, you get in a, a slouch when you, you're that tired and you start drooping and stuff like that. But to, main, to remain with your perfect technique and such is so vital in those times. So, um, but again, it was just literally a mind thing. Just headstrong, like you can do it. And just one thing, that, that feeling as well, when you're so close, so you know you're close, <laughs> you're, you know you're there. It's just like, ah, oh, yeah. come on, like, yeah. come on, just yeah. kind of be finished, like, come on. So that drives you a lot. So, um, so yeah, but it was great. It was a many, that feeling was, it was such a surreal feeling where it was like pain, but excitement. Yeah. Because yeah. you knew the finish line was there. Don't worry, we've got your Instagram stories hyped at the end. <laughs> <laughs> telling us, oh telling us how you're still a painting, how you're still a bumping <laughs> at the end of a what, 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 30k in and I'm still paying. Listen, I... And just for, just for the people at home, Peng means good looking. He's still handsome. <laughs> <laughs> um you know what i like it you know what you you know i think you've you've changed a lot of people's perceptions um and you've really brought a lot of energy to to running for me and and for a lot of people in london select like what do you say you what would you say the last kind of year if there were two if there were three things you'd tell somebody who is starting to run who wants to run who's worried about no events like are there three things you say like that you can can give to motivate um, people listening to this podcast? I feel the first one is that sense of achievement when it has been complete. When you when you work towards a goal, you put you put your time, your effort in, and then you're striving for that goal and you achieve it, there's no great feeling. And that's just not even for for running. That's in life. Like when you put your mind somewhere and you put in the hard graph and you put in the work. And you get into that finish line, whatever it may be, there's no greater feeling. So I feel that was definitely number one. Having your end goal and having yourself visualize yourself crossing that finish line or wherever it, wherever you, it, it is, crossing that path there is number one in my head. Visualize, visualize, and just keep it in your head there. Nice. I think the second one I've touched on is seeking help from people who have done it who are literally this is their field like and stick it and getting a plan yeah so with that actually getting a plan that tailor that is tailored towards you if you know you can't you can't run four or five times a week from in week one don't get a plan that tells you to run four or five times in week one <laughs> you're failing yourself from, from day one yeah you know what i'm saying like yeah. it's stick to your means yeah. and then build upon it don't don't break your back from week one because then again, when you get to race day, you're, you're going to be, you're not going to be the best person you can be yeah. on that day there. Yeah. Um, and I feel like number three is just get some sort of like, get a, 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 a support group, even if it is, even if they're, they're not having to run next to you or run with you, but just having someone to, to talk to if you're feeling tough or to, to send you a, a little message when you're feeling a bit tired or you come back from work and, 
it's late and you're hungry, but you still need to run, just having someone that you know you can text and they'll be able to say, nah, come on, man, or let's go or something. It's just, I think that that's so key. And I'm so blessed that I've had that in the past and I've got that now. Yeah. Through multiple different groups, <clears throat> not just London Select, not just my friends, but I've picked up over the, a long way, like as a big, a big portion of like my close friends at the moment, all are, can be that, if that makes sense. Not just the man them in the group chat, not just the boys from the ends, not just my work colleagues, not just London Select. But if you think about it, that's a lot of groups that I can kind of go to yeah. that will say the same thing and really push me to be the best person I want to be. So I thought I think those three definitely um, visualize the finish line, visualize where you want to be, get help, seek professional help in regards to um, someone who's done the marathon and, and getting a plan and then the last one is just having a good support group that will be able to motivate and support you when times do get tough nice so this episode as you've probably listened and heard is all about how you run a marathon your first marathon and if it's in lockdown and the things that need to help you and i think like peers you've just really hit the nail on the head and I wanted it to come from somebody who's actually experienced it, which you have. So one last quick question before we go. Every podcast has a track of the podcast. You choose it. My bro, what do you want the track of the podcast to be? We're going to play 10 seconds of this track at the end of the podcast. Oh, you know what? It's got to be coffee toast, you know? Boom. And I tune there just whenever, whenever I'm feeling a bit like, even I banged it today. Work was getting tough. I was yeah. marking books. I was planning something. I was replying to emails. And I just literally got on my phone, coffee, toast, fruit, like for, for those three minutes when I was just there, just like, right, you know what? Yes. I'm doing all right. You know? jam. So jam. There, that's my one there. Yeah. Wicked. PJ, thanks for coming on. And um, I'll speak to you soon. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And Manny, big up yourself. You're a legend. Keep doing what you're doing. You're, you're, you're inspiring so many people and just, yeah, I'm blessing that I've met you, blessing that I'm able to carry on this journey that I have you there as well. So Manny, big up yourself, bro. Thank you, man. You know what time it is, track of the podcast. PJ asked for coffee toast, so here we go. big tune go listen to that track you know what it is coach manny it's been a pleasure so this podcast has been a personal one thank you pj for your kind words london select is a organization made for the people to express themselves culturally running doesn't always need to seem like it's um excluding people but what we need to do is ensure that we have enough representation so that people feel welcome this is the whole aim of london select the term and the phrase that we use in the organization and the group it's cultural expression through a physical narrative so when we're running we're talking about certain things that are culturally preferable culturally specific 
we want to create a space and place where people from minority groups feel like they're welcome, feel like, ah, oh, people look like me, feel represented. That's what London Select is. And it's an organisation that's going to bring the youth with them. That's the plan for 2021. So, thank you for listening. I just want to say, I hope you've had a happy and restful festive period, if you celebrate it. And I'll see you in 2021. Coach Manny, out. Peace.